Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler, from the state of North Carolina, with my co-host, Glenn McMillian, from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson from the state of of Florida. We are grateful that you are tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. This radio show is brought to you by loving and faithful members of the Churches of Christ who ask you to take out your Bibles and study along with us. We have a very sight show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508 or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. There are over 1,700 live shows on blog talk radio at this hour and this show is on page number two of that website it's been consistently on the first few pages of that website and we're just grateful to god i don't know what the criteria is for them doing that but we're just so thankful for this show being so easily uh found on that website if you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts you can send your emails to my new email address butler steve 1009 at yahoo.com or you can call steve b's media production at the carolina studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and study along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. So before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you abide with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, please you'll be my co-host, Clay Phillips, as on the show this evening as he break into our listeners, the bread of life, and also my co-host Steve Cordo will be answering the questions that are on the hearts of so many. We just pray that you'll bless them and their families that support their efforts that they may continue to sow the seed 
of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners this evening who are tuning in via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you and their soul's salvation. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us all the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you'll continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives, and that we have been faithful until death. Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the broadcast. I will speak for this evening in the first segment. My co-host, Clay Phillips, he serves as the evangelist for the Rose Park, Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. If you're making this proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, I have a question from my shout-out platform on social media. And my co-host, Steve Cotter, he serves as the evangelist for the East Park Church of Christ there in Danville, Illinois. He'll be answering our shout-out question. So open up your Bibles and open your minds. And let's have a great show. After the break, the next one should be that of my co-host, Clay Phillips. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Come on, everybody. 
let it shine, let it shine, You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my co-host, Clay Phillips, and his subject, Believers, Believers, Beware. Good evening. It is always a privilege to be able to come and preach God's unadulterated truth to a dying and perishing world. We are those of us that are living in the land of the living and that are dying. And we just want to thank God that we are able to come to you before the day of judgment. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed unto men once to die and after death the judgment. And so it shall behoove you to pay close attention to your salvation. I want to call uh, your attention this evening to Luke chapter 12. By the turn the Bibles now with me to Luke chapter 12, I want to commence reading at verse number 1 and terminate at verse 5. Luke, the chapter, is 12. Commencing with verse 1 and terminate at verse 5. If you have it, let us read. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trotted one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. But there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in the darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear, in the closets, shall be proclaimed upon the housetop. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear, This is Jesus talking, whom you shall fear. Fear him, which after he have killed, have power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Thus is the reading of our scripture. One used for advocate, 
of our message today. Believers, beware. Believers, beware. All through the Bible, God has warned man from time to time about his love and his judgment. We must be mindful to beware of the judgment. And the way we live in this life, you remember the Apostle Paul gave us a astounding yet marvelous understanding of the seriousness of being aware that believers beware. Notice now in Acts chapter 20 and verse 20, the Apostle Paul said, and I have kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have shown you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. The Apostle Paul said, this is a serious thing. He said, I want you to understand, I have kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. In other words, that will be fitting of you to help you to understand Drop down to verse 26, says the time. Wherefore, I take you to record this day. So go on down and say, now, let me take you to record this day. That I am pure from the blood of all men. Why is he pure from the blood of all men? Because he said, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I've shown you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. I did all I can do. Notice in verse 27. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit have made you overseer to feed the church of God, which he have purchased with his own blood. For I know this. Listen now to Paul. I know this, that after my departing, shall grievous wolves enter in amongst you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn you every night and day with tears. The Apostle Paul said, I warn you every night and day. Listen to me. He said, I warn you. Here we go back to the teaching of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 12, here there are five targets that Jesus deal with. And we're going to look at these five for a few minutes here. Five targets that he deal with of beware, a warning. The first target he deal with is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. That's verse 1 through verse 12. He deal with hypocrisy. The second target is covetousness. And that's from verse 13 to verse 21 covetousness. He warned us of hypocrisy. He warned us of covetousness. 
And then number three, the third target of Jesus is worrying. And, and worrying is found in verse 22 to verse 34. And then the fourth target Jesus dealing with is carelessness. And that's found in verse 35 through verse 53. And then lastly, Jesus targeted spiritual dullness. Spiritual dullness. And that's found in verse 20, uh, 54, rather, through verse 59. Now, thus is the target of the text. Now, Jesus here warned his apostles. Let us look now at some exegetical study of the text. In the meantime, notice now, in the meantime, now in other words, Jesus had been teaching and talking and dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he warned them. You remember, he go back and warned them about the great, uh, about Jonah. He talked to them about the division that was in the body. He talked about how prayer is being misused and people are praying in the public just to be saying things. So now in verse in chapter 12 and verse 1, he says, and in the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, look at them. Now, now here he is, we find like everybody was there. And Jesus was noticing this. It said, it's so much that they trotted upon one another. <laughs> they, they get all piled up on one another. Now, notice now, we, we will be happy as, as a preacher. I've been preaching now 48 years, going on 49 years. I've been here, the minister at Rose City Church of Christ, for 39 years. I had my appreciation, my wife and I appreciation on, uh, on the second Sunday of September. Thank God, Rose City Church of Christ. Now, here I want you to understand that here it says we, we, would, we would love to see our churches packed out. But notice what the Bible says. Now, Jesus said an innumerable multitude of people insomuch that they trotted upon one another. Now, that, that seems like that, that would be the obvious thing for a body, the body of Christ. Notice what it says. He began to say unto his disciples. So, in other words, he did not, now, don't get caught up into big crowds. <laughs> oh, look at here. Y'all help me now. Help me. Stay with me. Jesus recognized that they were just caught up, and his disciples was messed up. Look at that the big crowd. Oh, look how we got this revival going. Look how things going on. And the Bible says, he said, he said, wait a minute. He began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware. So he said, don't get caught up. Believers, don't get caught up. He said, I got to warn you. Believers, beware. First of all, that's why uh, Matthew said, Jesus said, first of all, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's why Jesus said that. So he, he addresses their overwhelmness about the crowd of people. Now, now, we all want our church to be packed. We all want our people to come to service. But he, beware. 
of big multitude of church. So he says, he said, beware. He says, of the living of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So the first thing Jesus deal with, the target is hypocrisy. He, he wants us to understand that uh, everybody that up in the church is not there for the right reason. He said, beware of the living and the Pharisees. Then he goes to say, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in the darkness shall be in heard in the light. He said, Jesus, I want you to understand. I want you to beware. But, but what is interesting here is, now, now drop down to verse number six. What is interesting is that Jesus, he said, let me tell y'all about the simple things in life, the simplicity of life. <laughs> let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. In verse six, he says, let me tell y'all something. He says, are not five sparrows sold for two phantoms, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Beware! <laughs> Believers, beware, because God is omniscient, omnipresent. He knows everything. Even the, even the bird, the, the sparrow, God knows what is going on. He says, but it, even the very hairs on your head, listen now, are all numbered. So fear not, therefore, ye are more valuable than sparrows. Beware of hypocrisy. Because, and this is what the body of Christ needs to be concerned about, is that the hypocrisy is going throughout the world, throughout the church, throughout the body of Christ. Everybody want to be seen. Everybody want to be uh, popular. Here, Jesus said, beware, because everybody is not sincere about it. Then he goes on and says, the second target is covetousness. Covetousness. Drop down to verse number 13. He says, now, now, he, he deal with this in a, in a unique way. He says, and one of the company said unto him, in other words, it is the whole crowd is all piled up, and, and then one of the companies said unto him, Master, out of nowhere, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. <laughs> but why Jesus? I listen to this. And he said unto him, Man, in other words, you, you thinking flesh. You're thinking like a man. You're, you're, you're not aware of what's going on. Beware of, listen now, covetousness here. Let, let me show I tell you. He says, who made me a judge or divider over you? Jesus said, let me, let me address something. Who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. A man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. He said, the real, the real problem with man is that they think that what they possess. Now, now let, let me tell you all a secret. You might not know. 
come here, come here, come to me. Let me tell you a secret. You might know God is not impressed by our money. <laughs> Say that again, Brother Philip. Let the Bible speak. God is not impressed about our money, about how all these things that we accumulate on this earth. That don't impress God. That, that, he, God is not impressed. You can't impress God. Now, the number says, number says in verse 16, the Bible says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to restore my fruits? Now, now, this is a dilemma. Now, there's four Ds that I want you to recognize in the text in uh, covetousness. Number one is a dilemma. So what is his dilemma? Is that he's too blessed. He worried because he got too much. What did the Bible speak? This guy is messed up. He got too much. The Bible says, Jesus is saying, listen, this man got a dilemma. And verse number 18 says, and he said, this is what I do. I will pull down my bonds and build greater. And there will I bestow all of my fruits and my goods. Now he made a decision. First of all, he has a dilemma. Secondly, now he made a decision. What is his decision? His decision is to eliminate God from his, his dilemma. He, he, he made a decision to de- eliminate God. Turn to Proverbs 3. Everybody turn the Bible now to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3. Let me show you something. Proverbs chapter 3 and the verse is number 5. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse, I want to read verse uh, three and five. Proverbs three and verse uh, number five and six. The Bible says, "Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not upon thine own understanding." Do you listen to this? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now here it is. What trust is talking about? You exposed. You're going to be exposed to something that's going to. You either going to trust God or you're going to make your own decision. So God. Jesus had exposed him to God's goodness that he could not handle. And the Bible says that in, in Proverbs it says, trust in the Lord God thy heart and lean not upon thy own understanding. This rich man leaned upon his own understanding. So he was exposed. God would expose you to riches. He would expose you to certain things. Then notice in verse number, uh, number six it says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So here we find a divine direction. So when you go back to Luke chapter 12, his dilemma was that God had blessed him too much. <laughs> that, that's a dangerous position to be in. You, you bless too much. Believers, beware of covetousness you, when you're blessed too much. Then he made a decision to eliminate God. Oh, my goodness. Now, now look at verse number 19. Uh, Luke chapter uh, 12, verse 19. 
and I will give or say to my soul. And this is what this, this is what this rich man saying. I will say to my soul, Thou hast much good later for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Now he talked about his desire. He 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 had a dilemma that messed him up because he was just too rich. Then he made a decision to eliminate God. This is what covetousness do to you. Then his desire, he looked at his own desire, not divine direction. He did not look at divine direction. And the Bible says in verse number 20 now of Luke 12, it says, but God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Then, now we look at death. The four these, dilemma, decision, desire, not death. So the, so the target of what we must understand is when we stand before God in judgment, how are we going to stand? We, the warning here is, number one, hypocrisy, the living of the Pharisees. Number two, covetousness. And Jesus said, listen, who made me a judge of the body over you? And then number three, worrying. Now, worrying, drop down to verse number 22. This is where we find the third target, worrying, to beware. To beware, believers beware of hypocrisy. Believers beware of covetousness. Believers beware of worrying, anxiety. So Jesus deal with anxiety, deal with worry. Notice in verse number 22. And he said unto his disciples, now, he, now he's teaching the disciples. Remember now, he's talking to the disciples because the disciples got messed up because of the crowd. And so they be careful about the crowd. So here it says, and he said unto them, or his disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for what your life, what you eat, neither what you put on. Notice in verse 23, the life. Then he, he give us the perspective of life. He says, the life is more than meat, and the body is more than ramen. He, he give us a perspective here to understand, you need to understand, why are you worrying about things like that? He says, consider the raven. What? Consider the raven. Now, now you remember now, Earlier in the text, he says, consider the sparrow. Now, the sparrow, um, there's two different kinds of sparrows. There's a city sparrow and a uh, county sparrow. The city sparrow is a sparrow that uh, love company. That's a city sparrow. They aggressive to be around Company. Then you have the, the field sparrow is the sparrow that is in the country. I'm an old country boy and you see sparrows in the country. Now, those sparrows de depends on uh, things to grow. And so they, they, still, they still tweet, they still praise God, even when things are hard and down and out. The field sparrow depends on God, rain and, and sunshine. And so then David even said that, listen, 
I'd rather be a sparrow in the house of the Lord than to be uh, without God. But now notice now, Jesus went and left the sparrow and went to a raven. Let me read that again. He said, consider the raven. Now, the raven is an unclean animal. He said, I want you to consider the unclean people. <laughs> let the Bible speak, brother. Let me let, let look at the unclean people. Unclean people. People that are unclean, that are not believers. Trust our uh, their God more so than we do. And that irritate God. That God is upset with us. They, they believe in what they do. The raven is unclean. And he, said, he said, consider the unclean or the raven, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barns. But God, <laughs> but God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than fire, than buzzards and ravens? I want you to understand, God said, listen, I, if I take care of the raven, the unclean, don't you know I'll take care of you? He would say, why are you, why are you worrying, having anxiety? Why are you, why are you uh, having so much anxiety? Worry about the hair. Worry about all these things. That's why I said the verse number 29, saves the time, drop the verse 29. And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. But notice the verse number 30. For all these things do the nation of the world seek after. And your father, whoo, knowing that you have need of these things. <laughs> God Almighty. <laughs> Ain't that something? Then he goes on and says, notice in verse number 31, he says, but rather seek you the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Oh, my goodness. Believe us. Beware. The first one, beware of what? Hypocrisy. The living of the Pharisees. Number two, uh, beware of covetousness. <laughs> Number three, beware of worrying. Now, this is what Jesus is teaching. This is the message. This is a sermon. I'm preaching Jesus' sermon here. Okay? That's what all I'm doing. <clears throat> now, D. What is, what is D? D is uh, hypocrisy. We move from covetousness, worrying, now carelessness. There's like a carelessness. Now, 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 what is it dealing with about carelessness? Now, let's drop down to verse number uh, 35. Carelessness is found in verse number 35. It says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Don't, 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 don't you be careless now. You don't realize 
Let your, listen, let your lungs be girled about and your lights burning. Now, now this is interesting. This is, this is a powerful message. This is interesting. It, it says here, let your lungs, in other words, girl up yourself. Be prepared. Be ready. So, so it says, let your lungs here. It, it's speaking of girl up yourself. Be ready. In other words, be prepared. Be ready to do battle, to run, to whatever it means. Don't be careless. Then it only says, and your lights burning. Meaning, here, I like what the uh, etymological study says, to be alert. In other words, if it's dark, you turn on a light. Turn your light on. Turn on your, your safety light. Be, be prepared. Have your light on. Be ready. So don't be careless. So don't be going and looking all over. Then they're going in and deal with nobody. Verse uh, 36 says, And ye yourselves, like unto men that wait for their Lord, when he will return from the wedding. In other words, if you give an example of wedding, people that are at the wedding is waiting for the bridegroom. See, we wait for the bride to come in. But in those days, it was the bridegroom that came in. Now, notice in verse 39, says the time. And this note that if the good man of the house, he's talking about it's a good man of the house, be ready had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched. If somebody told you that the thief was going to come and he's going to come at a certain time, you'd have been home ready, waiting on the police. Here, Jesus said, listen, be ready just as if somebody was going to break into your house. Be prepared. Now, and then the last one, uh, spiritual dullness. Spiritual dullness. He, he warned us, and this is this is this is this is good stuff. He warned us about spiritual dullness. Now I ain't got about a few minutes, more minutes here. He warned us about spiritual dullness. He said, "Now notice now, in, uh, the fifth target is found in in verse. Uh, this started verse number forty nine. This started verse forty nine." Spiritual dullness. Now, one thing I must say that we must we must be mindful that the body of Christ is getting dull. <laughs> uh, in Revelation, it says they have uh, left their first love. They have left their first love, and so here Jesus addresses. Oh my goodness, Jesus addresses the. Spiritual dullness of his people. So Jesus addressed, he said, he said, I am come. Notice now, I am come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it be already kindled? Oh, that's a good teaching. That's a good stuff. Come here. Come to me. Notice, he says, he says, I am come. He says, in other words, he says, I, I am come. Jesus already see the end. 
see, he already seen it. He already predicted it. He already telling us how it's going to be. In the last days, part of this time shall come. Men shall be lovers of themselves. I have come just as if he is already here. Have come back. He said, I, I come now. I'm here now. But I come here and speaking of when he come back. He says, he says, I am come to send fire on the earth. I come to send fire on the earth. Y'all dove. Fire hear me. You'll move. How many of you want down now and want to call the fire department of your house to get the fire? Then it says, no one said, and what will I? Oh my goodness. Now, exegetical, what would I mean? He uh I wish I wish that this exegetical said it. I wish that when I got back, he was ready. <laughs> Let me read that again. He said, if it be already kindled, I, I wish that when I get back, your fire is burning. Your light is shining. I, I wish when I get back that you was ready for me. Don't be spiritually dead. And the body of Christ, the church of Christ, we are becoming more spiritually dead because we're too busy trying to be like other people. Here, listen now, listen, let's go to verse. So he's talking about he's talking about spiritual dullness. Now notice what it says here. He says, he explaining to us the preparation that he did have to go through to make sure that we have that fire. Notice it. But I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how am I straightening till it be accomplished? In other words, he said, I'm distressed because I, I laid down my life for you. And you still, you still are spiritually dull. How do you know? Those are verses uh, 51. Suppose ye that. I am come to give peace on earth. Somebody told you wrong. Jesus said, suppose you, oh, somebody told y'all wrong. You, you mucked up. If you think I came to, for y'all to just in, in bring peace on earth and there's no fire, that, that, that you don't do nothing, somebody have told you wrong. He says, I tell you, nay, but rather division. Whoa, look at here. That's why. Yeah. We don't want to fuss. We don't want to discuss. We don't want to do this. But Jesus, listen, I came to bring fire. <laughs> Listen, verse 2. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. He says it is inevitable that folks listen, that you can't sit there and let folks die and go and be lost. Beware, believer, of hypocrisy. Beware of covetousness. Beware of worrying about everything. Everything we worry about ourselves. Beware of carelessness. Because if you're careless, you end up somebody breaking your house and you're not prepared. Now he's dealing with 
spiritual dullness. Then he goes on to say, notice verse 53, the father shall be divided against the son and the son against the father. Isn't this the fire? The mother against the daughter and the daughter against the mother, the daughter and the mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law and the daughter against the mother-in-law, and they are, they are getting all angry, man. Why? Because there's a difference. You understand? Beware. Because of spiritual dullness. But what is spiritual dullness? Spiritual dullness is allowing people to ignore the word of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Talk about that. The wrath of God come upon those. The Bible says that Lot, Lot, soul was vexed when he was in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what it tells us. We must understand we cannot be spiritual dove. Let me call these as a Christian. They're not doing what God asks. Can I go a little further? I, I got about two minutes here. Let me go a little further. And he said also to the people. Now he talked to the disciples. Let me turn to y'all. When you see a cloud rise out of the west, the hurricane, we, we just, I mean, we just now going through a hurricane today. People going through. And, and you know there was no dullness going about. School closing, game changing, everything going on. Jesus said, that's how you need to be. When you see the cloud rise out of the wet, straightway you say, there cometh a shower. And, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say there will be heat. And it cometh to pass. If you can do all that and see all that. But then when it comes to the spiritual, to the church, I, 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 I don't feel like going to church today, Brother Phillips. The Bible says, provoke one another unto love, Hebrews 10. Then in verse number 56 says, ye hypocrites. Ye hypocrites because, number one, you ignore the power of God. Number two, you are you you covered everybody else's stuff. You're worried about what's going on. You're careless in your relationship with God. And then now it's somebody you spiritually do. What I want to say, it says in verse 56 again, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky. And of the earth. But how is it that ye do not discern the time? What? Let me show it to you. Oh my goodness. I gotta read it to you. Y'all like y'all know tomorrow. Turn to uh first Timothy chapter three. First Timothy chapter three. Let me read it to you. And I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I keep saying that all the time, but you know how it is. Forgive me, uh, Brother Steve. Uh first Timothy. Everybody turn down to First Timothy. No, let's go to Second Timothy sometime. I I read that next time. Second Timothy chapter three. This know also in the last days perilous times shall come. That's Bible. Let the Bible speak of the stuff. 
Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, pride, blasphemer, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy. That, that means that, that mean the thoughts are evil. Without natural affection, truth breakers, I mean, traitors, false accusers, incontents, fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, headed, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. This is what is happening now. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Listen, listen, listen. Believers, beware. Beware. Because the devil is a, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He, he, he prayed. The Bible says that what Cain did to Abel, he prayed on him like a lion. He waited to the right time and the right moment and jumped on Abel and killed him and thought he had got away. This is the kind of society we're living in now. Everybody praying on everyone else. But the church, we got to be. Beware. Beware. Believers. It's coming back. You must hear the gospel, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. That will make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. And those of us are in Christ, listen. Jesus gave the illustration about the sparrows. He's talking about make a deal. In other words, the deal is already made. Jesus already made the deal. He died. All that Sunday morning, got up. Ah, great, look at it. He made the deal that we can be his disciples. God bless you. Remember this. Keep it real. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Oh. Mm-hmm.
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific need. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. This is a program reminder. Stevie B's Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. Telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. I'll just type in your search bar, Blog Talk Radio. And then when you get to the Blog Talk Radio website, go to the live heading at the top of the website and just type in... Stevie B or Stevie B Media Production, any one of those and all of my shows will pop up. On the first, the second and fourth Tuesdays now, we are airing What I Work in the Lord radio show and that show will air from 7, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and then at 7 p.m. on the fourth Sunday or the fourth Tuesday rather of the month. And then the second Tuesday of the month, I have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ on that World of the Lord radio show, and they'll be making that proclamation of the gospel of Christ, and also have the Community Corner segment on that broadcast, and that segment designed for small business and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community, and I have two co-hosts, I actually three co-hosts now on that show, Luke Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Oak Brook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Isa Mullins, who serves at the Church of Christ in Cary, North Carolina, and Kelly Fletcher, she's with the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana, she has the Kelly Fletcher Show. And then on Thursday night each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, on the live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And I have seven co-hosts on that show who will be making a proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And each week, I have two of my co-hosts will be on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out. And I'll be posing a a question to one of my co-hosts on that live show. And then on Friday night, I'm hosting a live show, Stevie B's Acapella Gospel Music Blast Radio Show. And on that show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. And also, we're interviewing artists, comedians, producers, and we're also debuting new music on that broadcast all the time, as well as old music as well. Every third Friday of the month, I'm doing the Top 20 Countdown show. And we also have on-demand episodes. If you can't catch any of these live shows, where are you getting your favorite podcast from? The those uh, platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, iTunes, Amazon Music, and YouTube, just to name a few. Just pull up those on-demand episodes. If you have, have never heard of my recorded version episodes, uh, you can go to iHeartRadio and Deezer and Amazon Music. That's the only place you can listen to those recorded version shows. 
We want to thank all of our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you want to be a sponsor, you can contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B's Me Production is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you now in the study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Live radio show. Our shout it out question is coming up next after the break. You're listening to the Gospel Length Radio Show. I know
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Shout it out question. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the portion of the broadcast where I have a question from my social media platform called Shout It Out on Facebook. And I want to pose this question to my co-host, Steve Cordo. We also want to encourage you to join that group on Facebook and get involved in those biblical discussions. Steve, how are you doing this evening? Doing well this evening. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. I have a doozy of a question for you here. This is by an anonymous querist. I don't know what state uh, this querist is from, but here's the question. Does the Bible not believe in progression? Are we just supposed to adhere to the same set of beliefs and guidelines despite societies changing and growing thousands of years? What say you to this question? Or two questions, rather. Okay, well, this question was submitted, it looks like, about three weeks ago by, as you said, an anonymous uh, querist. And I used to be uh, a legal assistant before I got into full-time ministry, so I'm going to give the go-to legal, legal answer, which is actually very short, but then I'm going to uh, elaborate on it. And the go-to Uh, that depends on what the uh, uh, exactly what the person means. What specific societal changes and growing are meant? Now, does this person have a specific change or growth point in mind? I don't know. Uh, so we're going to take it in a couple of different, uh, two different parts is what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at some things where Christians uh, historically, from a historic standpoint, that Christianity has been involved in change for the good, And then we're going to look at some areas where society is changing, but we don't want to go along with those changes as Christians. Now, societal changes and growing for the good. I'm going to look at two things here. I'm going to look at the abolition of slavery and the treatment of women. Now, Christian abolitionism got started in the 17th and 18th centuries. Uh, This was at the same time as the Enlightenment. And many people who were considered enlightened philosophers – and, and the like opposed slavery, and Christian activists were uh, uh, got involved in it. And it's uh, kind of a jump ball which came first, the Enlightenment um, philosophers getting involved in, uh, in abolition or the Christians themselves getting involved in the abolition uh, movement. Now, many of these Christians, and I'm using the term Christian in a very broad uh, sense, the way the world looks at it here, they were typically not part of state-sponsored churches, Uh, like the Church of England or churches like that. These were typically what we would today call maybe a grassroots movement moving from the the bottom uh, up. And throughout Europe and the United States, they were usually part of uh, what we would call non-institutional religion. That is, these were like missionary societies and things like that many times that got formed. And one of the early groups to be involved in abolition was the Society of Friends, or we know them more uh, as the Quakers. And they were formed at the core of the abolitionist movement in the early days, and they were the first uh, mainstream or large denomination to officially ban slavery. Owning slaves was grounds for excommunication or disfellowshipping. So if you did own slaves and were a Quaker, uh, you'd be kicked out of the church. And uh, Charles Finney started revivals in upstate New York and in New England, and he really – stress the concept of a changed life 
And in the early uh, concept of change lives, a lot of these uh, reform societies got going, and they were dedicated to many different causes, but arguably the American Anti-Slavery Society, uh, which was organized in 1833, was one of the largest uh, to come out of that. And the early Christians, uh, many of them uh, were, uh, rather many of the early abolitionists were Christians. William Lloyd Garrison, for example, Arthur Tappan and his brother Louis Tappan, uh, and then, of course, uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe. Now, Garrison published The uh, Liberator, which was one of the more militant uh, abolitionist uh, newspapers. He uh, published it in Boston uh, starting in 1831, and once the Civil War was over and the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments passed, he shut the paper down because he felt like it had served its purpose and he uh, didn't use it for any other purpose. Arthur Tappan was a businessman, philanthropist, uh, very wealthy his brother Lewis, and then they had a third brother who was a senator from Ohio. They were involved in the uh, abolitionist uh, movement. Uh, Lewis Tappan uh, was also involved in the Amistad case. That was the case where uh, some slaves uh, took over the ship and eventually made its way to the United States. And then Congressman and former President John Quincy Adams argued their case before the Supreme Court and won the case. Interesting sidebar there, the opinion, if I'm remembering correctly, was a 7-2 decision in favor of the uh, Amistad uh, uh, slaves. And joining the opinion was Chief Justice Roger Tanay, who later issued the opinion in uh, the Dred Scott decision. I have no idea why he uh, had uh, one, one side of the issue on one case and then later switched to uh, the other side. And then, of course, Harriet Beecher Stowe, very involved uh, in the movement, and her book, Uncle Tom's Cabin, is uh, thought to have been a spark for the Civil War. So Christians were involved in that, and that was a change for the good that we need to be involved in. And then let's look at the role of uh, uh, the Bible in women. Now, as opposed to some other faiths, the Bible uh, elevates women, actually, and as opposed to uh, even some early evolutionists. And I found this interesting when I was in, uh, researching this question how some early evolutionists looked at men and women, including none other than Charles Darwin. Uh, in his book, The Descent of Man, and this quote comes from uh, the publication Reason and Revelation, which is published by Apologetics Press, and they are uh, in Montgomery, Alabama, and they are affiliated with the Churches of Christ. But here, here's the quote they had, that the uh, chief distinction in the intellectual powers of the two sexes is shown by man, and that's Darwin meant male gender in this case, attaining to a higher eminence in whatever he takes up than can women. Whether requiring deep thought, reason, or imagination, or merely the use of the senses and, uh, and hands, the average of mental power in man must be above that of women. Man uh, has ultimately become superior to women. And then uh, the uh, author at Reason and Revelation made this comment. The Bible never teaches that men are more valuable than women or that men should use their intellectual powers and physical strength to force women to do whatever they want. Yet when atheistic evolution is taken to its logical conclusion, then might makes right, and the fittest survive and excel to dominate and exploit the weaker to their own pleasure. Atheists simply have no logical moral grounds upon which to make a rational argument for why men should treat women with love and respect. And that's one of the reasons I reject evolution, because I believe if we just evolved from uh, some lower animal, we would be going by the survival of the fittest. We would not have mercy and compassion and love and things like that. 
that uh, God put in us because we are created uh, in God's image. The Bible does not degrade women as critics charge. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So when my wife and I, we're both going to stand before God someday, she will stand uh, on her own uh, before the Lord, then I will stand before the Lord, we'll be on equal footing, uh, she won't get any advantage over me, I won't have any advantage over her, and it doesn't matter your nationality, your race, or any of that, none of us will have any of that advantage, it doesn't matter how much money you have, whether you're a billionaire, or whether you're a pauper, we're going to be equal before God. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7, husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife, as the weaker vessel, and bring, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. And that might be an interesting study sometime, what he means by your, your prayers not being hindered. But the point is, notice, we are to uh, dwell with our wives with understanding and give them honor, not because they are something uh, incompetent or weaker than we are, but uh, they are they are the the the, uh, the uh, fairer sex is the way we used to say it many uh, years ago. But we are to give them honor as husbands, as men. We are to honor women. We are to treat them with proper respect. Compare that to this quote from the Quran, uh, from Surah four in verse thirty four, and this is again from Apologetics Press, where it says, "Men are in charge of women because Allah hath made the one of them to excel uh, the other, and because they spend of their property for the support of women." So good women are the obedient, guarding in secret that which Allah hath guarded. As for those from whom ye fear rebellion, ad, admonish them and banish them to beds apart and scourge them. Then if they obey you, seek not a way up against them. Lo, Allah is uh, ever high, exalted, great. And uh, I've added some emphasis that if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the emphasis uh, that I've added. And uh, a lot of Islamic translators confirm this translation as being accurate. Uh, and the words uh, that are in bold here, uh, some have uh, said that this is meant to chastise them or to um, um, uh, uh, chastise them lightly, but that is not what the text uh, is telling us. The Quran explicitly gives approval to Muslim men to beat their wives. And then uh, another uh, thing we see is the command to banish a wife to a separate bed implies some concepts here. Uh, in the Quran that really don't put it in a favorable light. Uh, and let's compare this now to what the Bible says. The Bible and the Quran contradict each other on this. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 7 tells us, uh, Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the uh, husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does, and likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 2 through 5. So there's a difference there, and you can see where uh, men are not under Christianity, not allowed to mistreat their wives, but they are to honor them and to have respect for them. Secondly, we see from this uh, that when one weighs both the Bible and the Quran's portraits of deity, it becomes self-evident that the unbi to uh, an unbiased observer, 
uh, which of the two books uh, would have an inspired uh, view of women or superior view you could even look at it. And then third, observe further how the Quran exposes human origins, uh, demonstrating that it came from man, not God, because women are wired differently from men. They uh, uh, you know, have a different level of tense, I think it is, of the testosterone. So to suggest that a man could punish his wife by cessation of sexual relations with her is undoubtedly written from the perspective of a man and not from the vantage point of most women or from God, for that matter. And then again, if you're uh, looking at it on YouTube, I've got a picture here now of the Jesus and the woman at the well. And Jesus had a different woman, a different view towards women that did not uh, show itself in uh, pagan uh, cultures or even really in some of the Jewish cultures. And a study of Christian burials uh, in the catacombs of Rome based on 3,733 cases, according to one source, found that Christian women were nearly as likely as Christian men to be commemorated with lengthy inscriptions. Uh, so that would show there is some equality uh, the way they're viewed. And then the, remember Jesus and how he dealt with the woman caught in adultery. Dealt with her completely different than the way the uh, Pharisees who brought her to him uh, were expecting, because they were expecting him to stone her, and he handled it completely different in John chapter 8. So what specific societal changes in growing, uh, as I said, that is going to depend on uh, whether or not we progress, whether or not we change. Now, I'm going to go to some Old and New Testament passages to look at some things where we should not be like those who are around us. In Exodus chapter 34, God told Israel to take care lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it become a snare in your midst. You shall tear down their altars, break their pillars, and cut down their uh, asherim, for you shall worship no other god, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and when they whore after their gods and sacrifice to their gods, and you are invited, you eat of his sacrifice. And you take their daughters for your sons, and their daughters uh, whore after their gods, and make your sons whore after their gods. That's from the English Standard Version, Exodus 34, 12 to 16. And then Deuteronomy 7 has uh, similar. He says, you shall not intermarry with foreign nations, giving your daughters to their sons to take their daughters for your sons, for they would turn away your sons from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you, and you would destroy uh, would destroy you quickly. But this shall you de- thus shall you deal with them. You shall break down their altars and dash in pieces their pillars, chop down their asherim, and burn their carved image with fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Remember that little passage there? We're going to uh, look at it again uh, 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 here shortly, or a, a quote from it. Deuteronomy 18, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abomination of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughters pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer and one who conjures up spells or a medium or a spiritualist or one who calls upon the dead. Now, when he talks about passing, making your sons and daughters pass through the fire, now there's another passage he specifically mentions the fires of Moloch, where they were sacrificing living babies uh, to the god Moloch. 
And then uh, he says, for uh, continuing on, for these are th- for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out be- from before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God for these nations which you will dispose, uh, which you will dispo- dispossess. Listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed uh, such for you. So the Old Testament Israel, you notice, is to be different. They are not to be like the nations around them. And when we come into 2 Corinthians, into the, um, the uh, New Testament, we're told, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Baal? For what part has a believer with the unbeliever? And the, uh, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in the in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And then in First Peter, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had obtained mercy, and uh, but now, or, uh, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And then he says this, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your, con- uh, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. In other words, the worst thing anybody should be able to say about us is we're a Christian. That's it. Not that we're dishonest, not that we uh, uh, are, are, are cheating on our wives or running around, we're immoral or anything. The worst thing anybody should say we, is that we are a Christian. Now, Here's the uh, conclusion of this part is changes that go against scriptural teaching are not changes we need to be in favor of. Uh, The acceptance of homosexuality, easy divorce laws, uh, the flood of porn, uh, such as family-friendly drag shows and that kind of thing, abortion. These are things that go against scriptural teaching. These are not progresses or changes that Christians should be in favor of. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, Paul asks, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. There you go. Those, those people will be kept out. Now notice verse 11. Such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of our God. So these people gave up their sins, whether it was homosexuality, whether it was idolatry, adultery, fornication, whether it was drunkenness, they gave it up. Now, it doesn't mean that they just said, okay, fine, full stop, and walked away from it and never struggled. Some of them might. But these are going to be sins. Uh, We've all got the sins and things that we struggle with. And no doubt that uh, when Paul wrote to these Corinthians, some of them, you know, quit, maybe even cold turkey, but some of them, uh, I'm sure, struggled occasionally. But they, they stayed walking in the light. They stayed true to the scriptures. 
and they continued to fight uh, the sin that was in their lives. So does the Bible not believe in progressivism, or pro- progression rather? Are we just supposed to adhere to the same set of beliefs and guidelines despite society changing and growing throughout thousands of years? Does the Bible believe in, in progressive change? If the change is uh, the suggested change uh, is fine as long as no point of scripture is violated. So as long as we're not crossing the line and, and doing something God says not to do, there's nothing wrong with change. It may make us uncomfortable, but it, can, it may have some advantages. It'll have to be judged on a case-by-case basis. But if a suggested change opposes clear biblical teaching, then as Christians, we have to oppose it, even if it means sometimes standing up to governing authorities, such as Acts chapter 5. When the captain went to the op- with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest uh, asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name, that being the name of Jesus? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has uh, exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. So also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So if change in progress is good, so long as it does not conflict with scripture, If it conflicts with scripture, then no, as Christians, we cannot go along with it. Uh, There's my answer to the question, and I thank you for the opportunity to be here, Stevie, and I guess we'll see you on the next episode. Shout it out question. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Thank you. 
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. What a show, what a show. I want to thank you for tuning in to our radio broadcast. And we certainly appreciate those who've been following our radio show on Blog Talk Radio, as well as on social media, Facebook Live. I want to thank my co-host, Clay Phillips, for that fine lesson, Believers Beware. I also want to thank my co-host, Steve Cordo, for answering that question about progression in the Word of God. We've we just had a great time. On tonight, my cup is running over. I certainly appreciate the efforts from my co-host on this broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just thrilled to be able to bring you a weekly broadcast. It is our prayer that the lessons that we're giving on this show have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio show, but you've given yourself over to a study 
of God's Word. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. I want to say on behalf of all of my co-hosts on this Gospel Light Radio Show, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.
So powerful that he can save your soul. 